I don't want a pickle. I just want to ride on my mo. Oh, fuck, guys. Sorry, I hit the wrong one. That was the outro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, the chord change comes at the wrong time. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. I don't want a pickle. Just want to ride on my motorcycle. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Nokomoto Podcast, episode number 215. I'm your host, Moto GP. With me is your other host, Swiggy. Yo. With us also, as you know him well by now, Dr. Mike Action. Hey. And we finally, finally have a Patreon listener on the show. It's been a long, hard road. There's been technical details going back and forth there's been canceled episodes there's been vacation plans all sorts of shit but finally we have patreon josh with us say hello josh hey everyone oh so good we've never had a bad experience with a listener on the show and i'm sure this is going to continue to go swimmingly but you never know it's a bit of a risk however it should come as a shock to no one. The president of the Moto One Podcast Network didn't want this to happen. Behind the scenes, there was lawyers, litigation, I, it, all kinds of insurance that needed to be had. Like, what's this guy going to say? Is he going to go on a weird MAGA rant? Are there going to be legal ramifications? And, you know, in the end, really what I did was I just started hiring gang members to go by the president's house and just leave threats like mafia style and we got it done boys we got it done so josh is with us now what are we going to talk about on this episode we haven't had a regular episode for weeks have we we've been to mid ohio we did the mile high mayhem scooter rally i went to an italian car show slash scooter show before that there's a lot to catch up on we need to talk to Josh about uh, Mid-Ohio because he's a Mid-Ohio veteran. I also think we should do a round of made-up motorcycle. We haven't done it for a long time. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, Mike Action isn't going to be around for long, and then I'll show up in the middle of the yeah, next weirdly, episode. Weirdly, right? Mike Action has to go to a different fucking podcast in the middle of this, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> a real podcast. Ooh, sick burn. So we've got to get through a lot of shit, so let's waste no more time. Let's get into best worst bike in the world. What do you guys say? Right. Let's do it. Okay, for all the new listeners from Cleveland Moto Motorcycles and Misfits, if you've not heard the show before, this is how this is going to work. Every episode, me and Swigs each pick a different motorcycle. We don't know each other have chosen. It's always a surprise. Now, you might take exception to what we pick, but don't get your panties in a bunch. It's really just a fun way to look at two different motorcycles in a way that you've never looked at them before. Having said that, remember, there's no crying in motorcycles. If you want to leave constructive criticism or just tell us what's going on in your motorcycle life, Direct all of that energy towards contact at nocomotopodcast.com, and I'll have one of the interns respond to you. Now, Swigs, you have best bike in the world this week. Is that correct? That is correct. And are you ready to reveal it? I Wait, 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 wait. What? I'm going to posit a question, seeing as I'm leaving and coming back in okay. the middle of your next episode. Would either of these bikes, or any bike, be a good conversion into a jet ski? 
and what motorcycle would be the best conversion into a jet ski? Well, we'd have to reveal the bike for. I know. I know. This is going to be a standing question, Mike. You're interrupting the process. All right. This is going to be my standing question throughout this. Here we go. And the best bike in the world this week is. It's going to be hard for some people to accept, but the 2009 Honda DN01. Oh, wow. This was the worst bike in the world this week, and now it's making it into a best. It is. This is the human-friendly transmission. It is. Explain to the... It's been a long time since we've talked about this, Swigs. Explain to the people what the DN01 is. So the DN01 is essentially a concept bike that got made into a real bike that in hindsight probably shouldn't have been made into a real bike, but now it's this really weird special thing. So the DNO one originated as a concept on the Honda Valkyrie, which essentially what Honda was doing was trying to figure out, you know, long before they started doing dual clutch, Uh, transmissions they were trying to find a way to make motorcycles that were punchy that weren't using centrifugal clutches that you could fit onto a full-sized high-powered motorcycle they came up with the human-friendly transmission now all you really need to know is that the human-friendly transmission is straight up just a hydrostatic transmission off of a four-wheeler or Some of you may know it as the standard transmission on a forklift. Now, or, or there were a lot of international cub cadets that used a a hydrostatic as well. You're right. My cub cadet, for example. (laughs) Yeah. So essentially this is something you would put on a forklift or a tractor or a four wheeler and Honda made the most advanced hydrostatic transmission you've ever seen and put it on a motorcycle. Now, originally they, they did this as a concept as a transmission uh, swap on a Honda Valkyrie, but they never actually released the Honda Valkyrie with it. Instead, they made the DN one. We should do, I think in about 10 seconds, I can roughly explain to people what a hydrostatic transmission does as well. Just so you can picture this in your mind. Imagine the crank of your motor is powering a pump and you are pressurizing a line of liquid. And that is moving, that is, that uh, you have essentially adjusted by your throttle or, in, or like on a, a, uh, a forklift, it'd be like a lever that adjusts a gate which takes a certain amount it, it it allows pressure from that pressurized line to another system which is then powering your back wheel in this case it'd be your throttle that is managing a gate which is letting off pressure from a pressurized line which is pressurized by your crank it's more complicated than that but that's the simplest way i can describe how this works so each degree of pressure makes a different gear there is no gear no, so there's a chamber with a drum of cylinders of with pistons in it, and the way that it works is there's a plate behind it, and as they traverse the cylinder as they traverse around the cylinder like a six shooter, 
the pistons go up and down, but it's angled on, it's levered on one side. So the angle of the lever determines how much each piston goes up and down. Well, you're explaining how this specific pattern patent works. That's I'm true. just talking about yeah. hydrostatic in general. Yeah, you, you've got so, one pressurized system. You have a gate from that to another, and then that is what's creating your power. It, you guys I mean, had me at six shooter. Yeah, you should you should look it up because it is actually very interesting. It's wild, but it's insane at the same time. Now, it doesn't not work. <laughs> yeah. No. What? No. So the reason I've I've decided to revisit this as a best bike in the world is because now we're at the point where these are reasonably cheap if you can find one because everyone's like what the fuck is this nobody knows but if you know what it is and if you appreciate the insanity that honda routinely engages in this is a little piece of history like a little piece in the experimentation process towards going to the dual clutch model that you can now own very reasonably and just enjoy and then sell on a year later for what you bought it for i completely agree i think this motorcycle is an excellent candidate for an episode of jay leno's garage yes this is absolutely a glorious failure this is reaching way outside the box for a different technology to, because, you know, this is just chapter five in War and Peace, in the War and Peace that is Honda's journey to try to sell us an automatic transmission motorcycle. Yes. You know, it it it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it fits into this story that leads us up to the current DCT Africa Twin and Goldwing. Right. But also, I just love how hard they went with it. Because not only did they have it just as a purely computer-programmed uh, ratio on the on the swashplate, but they also, you know, essentially treating it like a CVT, but they also went the route of essentially having, you know, the Tiptronic gearbox with the fake gears so that you could switch the gears with a thumb control. And yeah, if you wanted to, you could have fake yeah. gears on it. They put so much work into oh, it. Oh, like like the like the uh, the the six fifty Bergman presets on the CVT ratios. Right. Yeah. 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 Or like I, a mountain bike. No, not at all, <laughs> Mike. Like no, big miss. Um, Twenty one <laughs> gears. Now, okay, we also need to talk about the styling of this motorcycle. You should bring up a picture, Swigs, because. It must be said that as much as this missed the mark on the technology that the public was looking for, the styling missed it too. But I've grown to love it. It's somewhere in between a Yamaha Morpheus scooter and a black dragon, uh, a, a black whatever, or something, bad dragon dildo. It's, <laughs> you know. Well, it's really. It, <laughs> so, it, well, actually, what this is, is um, getting essentially. You will see elements of this styling if you go look at the CTX thirteen hundred. It's yes. just it doesn't have to make the uh, it doesn't have the full fairings and it doesn't have the 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 open spots for uh, the V four. But really, that the the whole headlight nacelle 
is very CTX thirteen hundred. It's true. It looks better in person. When when you see one in person, which Swigs and I have, I mean, they are a rare sights in the wild. It, it it does look a little better in person. I'll give it that. And I do like the weird exhaust routing and all the crazy hoses that make you think it might be turbo. That that there's something so kooky about it. I have always had a soft spot for this bike. Now, here's a question, Josh. Uh, we've talked about this bike and referenced it a few times, and this is one of Swig's all-time favorite bikes to reference because it's just such a an out-there bike. A in, freak show? It's a freak show, and we enjoy a freak show. Um, oh, I know you. <laughs> yeah, as a listener, like you know, does this really stick out and come across? So, so here's the thing. I've listened to all of your back catalog, but I listen while I'm at work. So... I don't always get all the details or I can't always look them up right away. And so I'm going off a description. So I pulled a picture up of this and it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, the side length without a top box. I actually don't mind it too much. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. The <laughs> top, top box, box is a disaster. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just terrible. You know, but like I do always just love like, regardless of what bikes you guys are going down on best worst bike, you know, even if you're revisiting, I just love hearing the pros and cons, like your takes on it, because like guys always say, you don't always have to like every bike, but it's interesting to hear why someone might or might not like a bike, you know? So yeah, I can't say I completely remember this one exactly, but you know, it doesn't surprise me one bit taking a look at it. <laughs> well, the, the other thing about this too, is it's a V twin. We didn't bring that up. Usually when Honda is going real far out there with one of these high concept, strange things, they'll use like a, a parallel twin, something really safe. Yeah. It'll be like a spin off of the NC motor or, you know, a, a much well-established, but this was, as far as I was, I know, no, like, a this reason. was a brand new motor, wasn't it? Uh, no, I believe... I'm going to have to check the specs to make sure. Because it's not a VT motor. This is liquid-cooled. I believe... No, I no, I believe this is the... Um, is this not the Shadow motor? No, Shadow's uh, air-cooled. Ooh. I think they is just it, did I, a, I think... a ground-up build for this, which is very un-Honda. Well, here's the thing. They, they wanted to put a V-twin in it because... They initially um, marketed this in the Honda Valkyrie and then decided that they were never going to be able to sell enough of them. And then they released it safe, but they wanted it to be a cruiser. Ah. So that's why there's a V-twin in there. I mean, it makes sense. If you're going to have all the drag on the motor, that it's also powering this pump rather than just a straight linkage or as straight linkage as you can to the transmission. If there's a whole hydrostatic system in between it you need a lot of torque to deal with pumping that 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 fluid so a v-twin actually does make sense to have the torque to power that pump well it is actually a, a fairly short stroke motor uh it's three by two by 2.6 yeah so but isn't it like a 1200 or a 1400 it's a pretty big displacement isn't it uh, no, I thought it was pretty small, actually. I think I thought it was like 750 or 700. It's 680. Really? Was it that it's small? 680. Yeah. yeah. 52 yeah. degree twin. Yeah. 
52 it degrees. Not, the picture you have up does not look that The smart. kookiness continues, guys. Okay. I mean, maybe it didn't need to... I mean, I guess I don't... I'm not that familiar with what kind of pressures you need for this kind of system. Mm. But it doesn't matter. The bike does work. I mean, it's not it's not a huge thrill ride from yeah. what I've heard, but it works. So apparently, so I'm just looking at the spec sheet here, and um, so it's 43 horsepower. So it's it's you know like imagine like five percent less than an NC750 is essentially what you're getting. It's not real cruiser power. I, what's the torque? <laughs> um. I cannot tell you what the torque is through that final drive. Um, I would guess it's around the same. I would guess it's like 30, 32, something like that. You know, that. I want to measure the, from now on, especially starting with this bike since it's hydrostatic, I want to start measuring torques in bourbon fairy squirts. Right? <laughs> and I think, I think, I'm just going to call this like mm, 38 bourbon fairies. In terms of <laughs> 30, 38 bourbon fairy SI is what I'm calling it. BFSI is my new torque. Um, uh. <laughs> now, again, so, yeah, if, if power is what you're looking for, this bike is not going to give it to you. However, well, actually not however. No, this it is all does bad, give actually, you but, a uh, lot of like uncomfortable sexuality vibes, which is fine. I appreciate that in a motorcycle. Yeah, it, as long as you're just as long as you can just accept that you're never going to be able to just put the power down, and you're going to have to just accept that a seven second zero to sixty is going to be your life on this bike. Then I think you're going to be, then th you're going to like. It. This is look. Fun. This is a motorcycle really only Swiggy could love because, look, you've got everything that a fetishist would want. Okay, this is the ultimate fetish motorcycle. You you kind of, well, I guess no. It's, maybe it's more for me because you have to really be comfortable wearing a gimp mask to ride this motorcycle. So, look, it has turn signals incorporated into the mirrors. Right. Big plus for me. A big plus for us. But again, something most people really hate with all of their soul. They want to be able to delete their mirrors, if anything, and their headlight and their turn signals, too. Well, what right? year was this again? Uh, early 2000s. This is like 2000s. 2006 to 2009. So we hadn't right. completely gone away from the headlights thing. Yet. Eight to ten. That sounds Eight right. Eight to ten. All right, so the, the the prototype might have been in 2006, okay. but yeah. Okay, we, we need to talk about how the rear seat on this is straight off of a Bergman. I would have said it has, the, it has the scooter side grab rails. It's got a Bergman raised seat in the back. It's just a straight up like scooter rear end, just larger. I mean, it might just be like a Silverwing seat or something. Yeah, it does look like the Silverwing scooter back seat, doesn't it? It's it's an automatic transmission again, super fetishy, but it's also an automatic transmission under a weird alternative technology. It's super not, it's fetishy. not an automatic tr transmission. Well, it's yeah. it's an infinitely adjustable transmission. Well, so is the CVT. It is. It's, but it's okay. also not. A CVT. It's a twist. It's a form of twist and go. Are we comfortable saying that? 
Yes. Okay. It... <laughs> I, I always define it as automatic. If you don't have to use your feet in a clutch lever, it's automatic. Yeah, I agree. Just like no, that's not correct. So, no, I think okay, I think you're just getting pedantic. But. I think I, well, I'm gonna say Swigs agreed with me, and I'm gonna just marvel in my own genius. I think this is an alternative form of twist and go, besides yeah. like CVT, right? Yeah, I agree with the Bergman seat. I also think Prince would look really good standing on this motorcycle. It looks better than the Prince motorcycle, which was yeah. also an automatic, by the way. That was the CM400A that Prince was riding because Prince couldn't ride a bike. So they got the the 400 twin, the Honda's first version of the automatic transmission. Was that a Vetter fairing? Uh, no, everyone says it's a Vetter fairing. It actually wasn't. It was a knockoff of a Vetter fairing. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. It began with like an O or something. But it was, yeah, it was inspired by Vetter. Yeah, some guy saw what Craig Vetter did and was like, "Well, I can make those." Yeah. Um, uh, there were there were a lot of Vetter knockoffs in the in the eighties. Uh, and I'm not there's just no that substitute. because it's purple. The picture you have up is purple. Well, um, well, what's his name? Barris designed the bike. He did the paintwork and everything. The purple wasn't a factory or even the aftermarket thing. It was all custom painted. But it's a Honda CM400A with a knockoff Vetter fairing painted purple is yeah. the the Prince bike. You, you would know everything about this. I yeah. I mean, well, it's it. Well, we're looking at a purple DN01 here. It's it was a. I thought you said it on purpose at first, Mike. That was like dead nuts on. That is a great comparison. There's a lot yeah. of similarities to what we're looking at here. So um, we're um, pretty did. good here. We should probably move on. If I were to summarize this bike for you. And the reason I'm picking it as best bike, my pitch here is you've gone deep down the rabbit hole of bike fetishism and cocaine is no longer enough for you and you need to start hitting the adrenochrome. (laughs) This is the adrenochrome of bike fetishism. Yeah, you're you're looking for that weird chemical they were supposedly harvesting out of children underneath the pizza in the pizza place in DC. <laughs> and, um like the anti-aging brain child chemical. So, yeah, I I'll I'll, I'll uh, my my final thought on this motorcycle is I I would love to have one. I would personally go for an NM4 Voltus before this. But if you can't stand the look of the NM4 Voltus, then this is your ultimate weird cream that to, to go on top of your fucking bizarre salad. Yeah. So I, I have a question. Um, are there any other Hondas that have that sort of weird front end where the headlights sort of look like Little Shop of Horrors? Like, is there any other? Is this just unique to this motorcycle oh i think it looks like you took a fucking great white shark and shoved its face into a belt sander yeah yeah Yeah. you're not wrong yeah (laughs) it looks like a bike that wants to be fast like yeah doesn't it (laughs) yeah it it kind of has a suzuki look to it yeah like they made a brand new 750 suzuki with this face on it i'd be like right on you know what I I had a I had a Mazda three for a little while, right? Okay. Stick shift Mazda three, and I was like, oh yeah, you know I haven't had a stick shift car in a while. And I I got the thing, and oh like this thing sucks, like it's so slow. And people were like, oh yeah, that looks so fast. I was like, yeah, it looks fast. It's not fast. Like 
that's what this reminds me of. Just like <laughs> has the looks, probably doesn't have the performance. <laughs> right. Okay, let's uh, so, wait, Swiggy, how oh. would it do as a jet ski? Uh, very badly because it has about a quarter of the horsepower required to be a jet ski. Also, there's nowhere to put all the stuff. Yeah, so not good. So you, you really need a lay flat. Yeah, you really need a lay flat single. You need a, a you need an engine and swing arm motor to for the jet ski to to land conversion. Um, or if you just want to put the motor in a jet ski like that's mm-hmm. on the water. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually a, this isn't a... that bad. But what you're going to need, actually, I think this is a very good. Uh, motor, not to put in a jet ski, but I think you could put this engine and transmission very successfully into like a like a sixteen or seventeen foot bass boat. Seventeen foot. If instead of the wheel, you had it hooked up to a prop. Yeah. No. So, Mike, you've come in with this expectation of bikes being able to be converted into jet skis Mm -hmm. but the problem is that essentially every performance jet ski is a hayabusa or better ah that would explain the price yeah new jet skis have wicked fucking motors in them do you not remember we did an episode where we had like jet ski motors we'd like to see in motorcycles oh this sounds vaguely familiar Yeah, yeah all right look we're moving on to worst bike in the world are you guys ready let's do it okay and the worst bike in the world this week is it's so funny you brought it up, Mike. Aquatic scooters. Do tell more. I Swigs, I would like you to look up the Suzuki wet bike. I have a list of three or four or five attempts of motorcycles. We're starting with Suzuki, but we're going to get into classic British real soon of people trying to take scooters and turned them into jet skis. And I swear, listeners and Josh, we did not discuss this before the episode. Mike just started talking about weird shit because we were talking about sailing, hanging are out my in my new people. basement tiki bar before we did this. So what, what's the Honda bike that fits in a car? And, and Josh, everyone, really, everybody listening, just pause this episode right now, take a moment, and look up the Suzuki wet bike. I mean, this is an abomination. Bring up a oh, big picture. I'm looking at it. It's... I think I've looked at this before because Phil's fucked at it. Yeah, Phil, Phil, Phil fucked with one of these last year in Denver. This is a hot mess. And really the problem is with this machine. Every it... aspect of implementation? No. <laughs> this machine has one big problem. It has no stability until it's at speed. Now, any asshole can get on a jet ski, can get on a Sea-Doo, and they're different things, and turn the key, turn the engine on, pull the throttle, and go. The Suzuki wet bike is different in that it has very little buoyancy and no balance until it is at speed because it is a scooter, but it doesn't, it isn't a scooter turned into a jet ski. It is a hydrofoil. 
Yeah, it's it's very much a um, it's like a catamaran style. You've got to get that front fin on the surface, and until you do, it doesn't do anything. No, I'm sorry, I'm in back. love with everything about this bike. Right Bring up a better uh, full screen this swing, so Mike yeah. can really understand. You have to get on this thing, and sit on it like a camel that's trying to tip you off of it mm-hmm. until you can start it and get at speed because the back of it is just a hydrofoil. So when it's moving, it's completely out of the water, but you have to start it in the water, but it's not designed to stay upright until it's at speed. So it kind of requires a crew of people in waist-high water to hold it steady for you in order to launch. I fail to see the problem here. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot take this off of a dock. Like You need a team of people to operate it. I feel like you need to launch this off of a dock in the same way that people like sit on the end of a dock with skis and just let used to let a ski boat just rip them off the dock. This is like the Red Bull challenge. It gets worse, guys. I want you to look at the front foil because they're both hydrofoils, right? It doesn't, it's not a ski. It doesn't go on top of the water. These are foils. It's curved in on the edges. How do you turn this? See how the jet motor is above that plate? Right? They're, they're, you, it's not a ski. It's not a jet ski. That's why it's called the wet bike. These are foils. These glide just under the surface of the water, raising the body above it. How does this turn? Questionably. So, now, <laughs> so it's a water sled. <laughs> it's not even a sled. It's like a dog sled for water. No, have you seen those guys that have the new, like, they're, like, on, like, a chair or something being pulled by a sail? And, uh, yeah. Or, like, or the, the new, like, America's Cup ships that just go on the fucking, like, on foils like this? It's like a wing underwater, but it doesn't break the surface. And then look at this. To make it even more wishy-washy, the front foil has leading a trailing link suspension to what end? Like, how does that help? I, I have never ridden so, one of these. Obviously we should just call Phil and ask him to explain it better. Um, but how does it, that I, hold up? Like how do you, how does that hold up being regularly used in water? So it's a, I don't it's a rear know. wheel drive. Hydrofoil. I don't know. But now what but we we don't have enough time to dwell on this. I want to show you something even more insane. I want you to look up the uh it's called the there's a there's a Lambretta water scooter okay, wait, and wait. it's actually for sale right now. Before you leave this cuz I've actually got to leave. Um Swiggy back up to the main page that you were just on. Oh, he just left. But uh um Yeah, there it is. The amphibious water scooter, the Lambretta amphibious water scooter so oh, oh, hold on because i'm i'm leaving now <laughs> the amphi scooter um, yeah yeah he's found it right oh oh jesus <laughs> this thing's amazing okay but back to the other one uh okay. on the on the the headline the words under the picture it said um made in 1978 uh by a subsidiary of arctic enterprises so my theory is that that last that hydrofoil as you just showed 
was a snowmobile converted into a hydrofoil. Kind of, but it has a jet motor. It's not like a two-stroke. Uh, it, it's it. It, was it's, it wasn't a jet ski motor. It was more like a jet ski motor, but attached to a hydrofoil that's shaped like a scooter. It makes no. Se- There's a reason it didn't sell very well. Okay, okay, is what we're saying. All right, but now, this is way overshadowed by this amazing thing you're showing us. So right what we're looking yeah. at now, if you want to look on Silodrome or any number of things, right now, for auction is a crazy contraption built in the '60s that should have never seen the light of day. To I will give Innocenti will say some it's, it's a very some aesthetic. credit that this is something that was never actually built for sale. This is just one mad scientist creation. It is a very aesthetically pleasing monkey paw. Oh yes. But, um... So what we're looking at is a uh a a a not a not a lambretta. Like if you're familiar with lambretta, this is one of the baby lambrettas like the 50cc models or something is like the Lambretta jet or something like that. I can't remember side panels taken off. It has two surfboards attached to it with, (laughs) with adjustable arms. (laughs) And the idea is, and there's a video of a dude riding it around town and he takes it to a slipway. He deploys the surfboards down to the sides, puts a fucking model on the back of it. And then, it has. <laughs> We're watching the video now. Oh God, it's so amazing. Awesome. Um, the surfboards are like forty percent longer than the scooter itself. It's amazing. So he deploys the fucking surfboards, which are fucking thick. These are these are larger than standard surfboards. Presumably, they lock into place, and then. Yeah, he gets just some unexpecting girl to get on the back. You stupid bitch. I know. It it seems to end up well, though. And then he just rides down the slipway. So I think he's got some sort of paddle tire on it. And it doesn't steer from the back wheel. It steers from the front wheel. And here's the, the disturbing part of this. Is that... This doesn't stand alone. In the 60s, it seems that a lot of British scooter companies or just madmen who own British scooters got in on this act of trying to make scooters that could go up and down the Thames River. <laughs> to what end? I don't know. But there's more of these. Uh, so to what end? There's a Vincent scooter that did this, but I think the Vincent one actually was a Vincent scooter with a fiberglass like boat body built around it. See, I would have gone with the inflatable body, like an inflatable skirt. I would have just bought a a boat or something. (laughs) (laughs) So amphibious cars have been a dumb idea for a long time i guess you could just have a a boat frame with a friction motor that would drive a propeller that you could put the rear wheel on i don't know josh what's your take here would you buy any of this bullshit well that's what i said this is like childhood dreams this is like the kind of thing like as a kid i would have thought like 
oh, that's an awesome idea. Like, I could do that. Like, all you got to do is, you know, not thinking about the realities of, like, how is it actually compelling. You know what this is? This is... I've got this. I've got this. Um, This is... um, This is essentially the adult incarnation of the childhood dream that Thunderbirds promised us. I can see that. Now, now listen, there is a vehicle that I think should be amphibious. And I think it would be very easy to make this thing amphibious. I think there should be an amphibious Power Wheels. Outside of that, amphibious vehicles are dumb. <laughs> I'm okay with a motorcycle. Every cycle child, every child wants a motorcycle. Right. There's nothing wrong with taking because, look, if you're dealing with the power wheels, right, you've, you've already got this big plastic body. It's not hard to actually create that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if, if it can only go so far and all these things. And when I was a kid, I wanted my power wheels to be able to go in the water. But I feel that's a, a somewhat attainable thing. But I don't need my Lambretta to go in the water. I really don't. I, well, and here's the thing. When, when these things go in the water, they go disappointingly slow. They have terrible turning and handling. You can't take a person with you usually, although this one with the surfboards, you oddly can. <laughs> I don't see what end you're meeting in the water, and you're compromising the vehicle heavily on land but also they're just one-off jackass creations and everyone immediately goes, Oh, that's so cool. And it is cool for 18 seconds. And then you think about it some more and it doesn't really hold up to logic. I've got, I've got the situation for you though. You know, you come up, there's the river bridge traffic's backed up lane splitting's not legal. But nothing says you can't just drive down to the bank, flip and open your little surfboards, go across the river, and get back on the road. If you don't live in <laughs> Venice, I don't see how this scenario <laughs> helps you. I give you one. I it's, bet no. It's I bet reasonable doubt. Reasonable no, doubt. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna back this up. There's there's places in like in Oregon, in like in Appalachia. Wait, wait, hold on, hold where... on. Go ahead, a ten second break. Just flash round of made up motorcycle. The Venice is a scoot. It's a buddy one, two, five with deplorable surf, deployable surfboards <laughs> to circumvent traffic in Venice. The, the, the California scooter or the genuine scooter company Venice is an amphibious buddy one, two, five. There it's we go. Not California legal because you can lane split in California. Right. <laughs> But it's going to make up for it in bridge tolls. That's what it's going to do. <laughs> Amazing. But if, if anyone cares to like go down this rabbit hole, there are a disturbing amount of especially British scooters with amphibious conversions. This is a and really I popular. I don't know why. This is a really popular 90s thing. Is the amphibious car. The amphibious car. But in the 60s, there was an amphibious scooter craze. And there was an amphibious, like, RV craze that happened in the 70s in Britain as well. It's it's weird. I... It, it, 
was it just watching spy thrillers? Like, I mean, did it just like did all of it just kind of stem from like, ooh, spies have cool toys? Like, it that, might so. have been the like the James Bond amphibious Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that just kind of spurs the imagination. It could have been. It could have been. But it, 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 I don't know. I saw this fucking thing up for auction this week, and 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 I went down this rabbit hole. I knew about the, the Vincent one before. I mean, logistically, it's kind of like in um. It it's it's from a different angle, but kind of logistically, like in um. Do you remember in You Only Live Twice, they brought, like the um. I can't remember what they called it, but like they had the the gyrocopter that James Bond flew around the volcano, and they showed oh, yeah. up well, and that like was real, and they showed up with all the suitcases. That's the the Benson B seven gyrocopter, famously was in um, Pilot Wing sixty four as well. Right. However, at the same time, as cool as that was for James Bond, hold on, to fly time to... out. Can I get some credit <laughs> for knowing that was the Benson B seven gyrocopter? <laughs> we didn't talk about this before the episode. All right, right. So continue. Yeah, they, they, you remember they smuggled it in like this is our super secret spy helicopter. They smuggled it in with uh, like in briefcases, and then, but they were they were cooperating with the Japanese government. Could they not have just hired a helicopter in Japan? I know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this this spy gadget was integral to the plot of the movie. Like it didn't really need to happen. Well, it's more fun if it's a gadget. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah I guess I guess it's just the ultimate extension of gadgetry, isn't it? And gadgetry isn't a thing anymore. Now we just do it all with software and apps that can do a thing. But yeah. physical gadgets, I guess, used to have a lot more social cachet and this was at some point the peak of it i guess i but it it affects me on an emotional deep level because i'll try to talk to people about motorcycles and cars and things and they'll be like have you seen this new motorcycle or scooter that can go to space or tunnel underground or go on the water and i'm like that's not a serious thing though and and it frustrates me. It shouldn't, but it does. I don't know if that rings true with anyone else, but it does with me. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fun for eight seconds, but that's not a serious thing. And they're like, oh, I'd get one of these. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't, because otherwise they would be a thing. But they're not a thing. Yeah, if they if you were into that and you would, then they'd sell it. Yeah, but they don't. I- but sometimes I think some of these things, like especially if it's a if it is a one off and people's like attention and imaginations going, it's kind of like there probably was a time when people were like riding around on their horses, and then people were like driving cars and riding you know early motorcycles, and people were like, why do you need that? Like, isn't my horse fast enough? My horse does what I need it to do. Like, why do you need all that gadget? You know, like why do I need to worry about that crap? You know, like <laughs> I, I do know what you're saying, but. Like not, not a horse is a pain in the ass. Okay, you can put a, a five horsepower scooter in the 1950s in your garage and forget about it for months at a time. A horse will starve to death and die, and then become a really heavy thing that you need to drag out of your of your barn and dispose of. Uh, the 
you know, by the time we're getting to the 50s and 60s, you're right. We're only 20 something years on from like, oh, my horse did everything I needed, except a horse is a major pain in the ass. And a low power personal vehicle has distinct advantages over that. Now, also, I know horses can swim, but not with a person sitting on them. So why does your scooter need to go on the Thames yeah. River? I think, I, but I think it's it's the dreaming of like what could be next. It, it's kind of, you know, like that trying to like yeah. yeah and it's true. Yeah. Like this isn't a good idea, but like I was trying something. I was trying to innovate it, and you know, like you hit the fifties, and it's like okay, we just have a small powered thing. That I goes, will say, you know, if you had a, um, this would be a fantastic redneck mobile. If instead of having the surfboards on it. You had like an inflatable skirt, and yet an air compressor on the back of your scooter. Well, now we're getting into mini hovercraft. That's, not much uh, better. Yeah. No, no, not hovercraft. No, the skirt is fully enclosed. Just the so it just inflates thing, right? like an inner tube around the base of the scooter. Okay, and it's like an ADV scooter with um, thick treads that can act as a propeller. So that you could legitimately like take this out in the middle of nowhere, cross a river, or just go out into the middle of a lake and start fishing off of it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll meet this idea halfway. It Now, again, I, not again, but I will admit that the idea of an amphibious scooter is fun. It's yeah. dumb, but it is fun. I would be more open to the idea of some sort of kit that you could buy cheaper and then retrofit to your existing scooter to then make it amphibious. The idea of buying the amphibious or just purely water-only scooter like the wet bike to begin with is a preposterous idea. But a conversion kit, I'll go I'll go there with you. It's it's limited interest, but okay, I'll go there with I you. Mean, I mean, I'm thinking about something that could cross a river, but if the river was more than fifty feet wide, you'd be like, I don't know, this is this is dicey. Like, it's I've got to take a moment here and apologize to all the listeners. There's a bunch of noisy kids and dogs, and I'm sure everyone can fucking hear. We can't control it. Also, uh, Swigs has a much nicer microphone this week, which is picking up everything. Swigs sounds great this week, though, doesn't he, everybody? Okay. We could keep on talking about amphibious scooters all fucking day. We need to move on. We're like halfway through the fucking episode. (laughs) Wait, wait. Have you seen the Bisky, though? The which one? Bisky. B-I-S-K-I. Oh shit! Oh, we're gonna have to now. Yeah. Yeah. Or just type an amphibious scooter. It was the first result. <laughs> I I told you there's a disturbing amount of this these. Is I just picked. I know. I just picked a couple yeah. interesting ones from the past, but we could do an entire episode on this bullshit. Oh, I've seen this one before. Yeah, this one actually does go from land to sea. Yeah. Mm. I've seen this. Oh, this before. this one has the dual drive, so it actually has a full jet ski motor in it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This one's. I, you know what? It. 
I would I, I would like it, but it it doesn't feel improvised enough. You yeah, know, I would I would go with the weird Lambretta one before this because the Lambretta at least is a cool looking Lambretta with just surfboards on the side. Mm-hmm. This thing just looks weird. It, I mean, it's a jet ski. It's a sea dew with holes cut out for it where wheels go. And I, I, I can't feel cool riding this around. I'm, I'm sure the owner of this company has gone down the PCH and hit some beaches and everyone was like, whoa, outside of that, this has no use cases. This looks like it has almost like a 70 inch wheelbase. It does look really it long, <laughs> It's like if you live near a lake that you want to go jet skiing on, and you're just like, "Cool, I could just ride down there, jet ski for a while." And then you know, when when I mean, like, when I feel Judge like Dread Two comes out and the and the planet's been flooded, this is what he's gonna ride. Yeah, <laughs> right. I feel right. like well, no, I I feel like the the this amphibious... is Judge Dread meets Waterworld yeah. is the bee ski. Yeah, I feel like. The, the core criteria for an amphibious scooter or motorcycle is that its core competency has to be running away from your problems. No, the it core... Needs, it needs to be swings. something you can fish You're off way of. off base. The core criteria for an amphibious vehicle is a billionaire... Um, a uh, 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 sponsor for a project that gives no fucks because he just wants one. He doesn't give a shit how many are sold, <laughs> right? Like, Bill Gates secretly funded Beesky because he just wanted one. And then he just left the company to flounder after he got Model 2, right? <laughs> that, that's what happened here. Well, if you want to run away from problems, what if you went to see Meg 2 and Jason Satham did a chase scene from land to water to land on a biscuit from the damn shark, you know, like mm. not up it for you at all. I feel like that's a parallel uh, movie that involves a giant alligator. Is probably <laughs> what that is. I think. You know, oh, okay, if only right. this was nineteen. Yeah. All right. You know what I want to do? I want to go back in time, and you know how you could get any seventies TV series made based off of a car, right? <laughs> I would like to I would like to go just just go to a movie a TV producer and say let's just pretend it's 1979. What if we have a TV show where someone ha- it's like it's like Magnum PI but instead of a Ferrari 308 he's got a scooter that can also go in the water. <laughs> what what are, what are we talking here? Right? Can we can we de-age Sharon Stone or something for this? Like, what what can we get going? Right? Oh, I just realized this web page has a spec sheet on it, and I'm looking at it now. And it says eighty miles an hour on land, thirty seven miles on water, which seems ridiculous. That is ridiculous. This will tell must you- be this must be the law. Lo- a, a re- ridiculously long stroke motor 37 miles per hour is just i can tell you we used to live on a lake we had a really badass mastercraft boat um 37 miles per hour is just the bare minimum to barefoot ski although you probably with all that drag there's no way you're hitting 37 so 
you may not, you can definitely pull an inner tube with this thing. You might pull a light skier with two skis. Once you get down to one ski, it's actually kind of compelling, but I don't, I don't believe these numbers at all. Oh, I don't either. I think 37 miles an hour is bullshit. 37. So our fucking Mastercraft had a fucking LS Corvette motor Marine. Like, no fucking restrictions on it whatsoever. It was like 300 fucking horsepower. And it would get to about like high 40s, low 50s max speed. There's no way this two-cylinder 55 horsepower motor is getting up to 37. This thing is huge. It's got some drag. Uh, Alright, we, we need to yeah. get off this, guys. We, we could do this all fucking day. This is ridiculous. I, I can't I can't talk about the feasibility of the spec sheet on the B-Ski for any longer. They're already getting too much advertising out of this. It's true. All right, let, let's talk some mid Ohio, Josh. All right. So, you were you you didn't go this year. Oh uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. Of course, of course, of course, you have the doctor on while I'm sitting here with a broken ankle. So I know. <laughs> I think you should have gone. Now you were there the year before and the year before that, right? Yeah. So two two years ago, that was um, that was your your guys' first year out, right? Yes. Yeah, because it was the first time you went and did your burnout, right? Yeah, I, I famously yeah. won the burnout two years yeah, ago. Yeah, because I was that was my first time out. So like that was a last minute trip for me. Like I had been hearing about it on you know. And that first year, you brought like that red Stella. No, no, I had I had a big uh, red uh, Harley Ultra Classic. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I now I remember it. you. Finally. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah because I stayed in a hotel off off site because like. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go. I kept hearing about it, you know, on, on Moto and Misfits and stuff. And they kept talking about your guys' podcast. And I was like, okay, I got to start listening to them. And, you know, and uh, so I go out, like, last minute, I'm like, okay, I can go out. And uh, I got a hotel up, you know, about half an hour away or something, like, nearest one I could. So I came down in the morning, and then I just, like, hung out in the campground until the evening. And I went back to the hotel. And then came back and did the same thing the next day. And it was like Sunday when half the campground had cleared out finally. I finally rode the Ultra Classic down into the campground to hang out for a little while. Because I was like, I am not riding down there in the, like, the madness on that bike. <laughs> okay, so now this is going to be a, a validation moment. Because the Misfits talk a lot about going to mid-Ohio, but they talk about going to mid-Ohio with people who are kind of regular cast members of their show. And Cleveland Moto talks about going to mid-Ohio with, you know, cast members of their show. And I understand for listeners, it gets a little weird on, well, okay, you've got this cool kids club of these people that go to this event. But as a listener of the show, going to mid-Ohio, kind of tell everybody listening what a transformative experience this thing really is oh well yeah that was it was something else because you know right hear all the stories and i pull in and you just see trailers everywhere but it was like pulling in through the gate and just bikes back and forth everywhere i mean just like a sea and it was this weird thing where it's like there no one's following any kind of like 
traffic laws at all. Yeah, it's Mumbai. You just kind of go with the flow, and it's like, oh, cool. And it's like, yep, if someone's you know wants to go faster than you, they just kind of go around you, and you just... You find a go. gap, and you just go for it. <laughs> and if you want to go faster, right, you just go for it. You know, and... You know, it's kind of one of these things. It's like I parked in the, you know, like right when you go in the main entrance there and that long strip that's, you know, you, you got the campground and, and off to the left and, and the, the bit of the racetrack there. And then off to the right is, you know, the demo area and the infield and all that stuff. Like I parked in there for a while and started walking around, you know. But then, like, once I got a feel for the area, like I started just riding laps, like down by the tents and stuff and back up around that, you know around that loop and everything and like no one cared you know like we're just riding everywhere and i just see people like on smaller lighter bikes and dirt bikes everything tearing off into the fields and riding through the swap meet and everything so yeah it was just this awesome like wow like and no one's like being dicks about stuff no one's like fighting you know yeah that's where you learn that like crashing everywhere (laughs) that's where you understand how like mumbai traffic works and the reason that people don't i mean there are a horrendous number of traffic accidents but you understand that like the the only two workable modes of traffic is everybody follows the rules or there are no rules and actually it's everything in between that's a problem Mm-hmm. Right, because when when no when everyone realizes there are no rules, everyone is actively looking out for themselves and riding defensively, and it all kind of works. So and, so, and, and you are well, you are in an environment where like most everyone rides, whether they're on the bike or they're in you know their truck pulling their trailer in. Like yeah, you have no, you have so no, you have no idiots like who aren't aware. Yeah, 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 there's nobody who has zero awareness riding at Mid Ohio. Everyone there's, has done this before. Every person there awareness. can be trusted yeah. to back up a trailer. Every person can do a burnout. Every person can do a wheelie. Every person can, you know, do a, a standing circle burnout. Every person can. Yeah, you know, everybody know. Everybody thing. knows that if they're gonna make a. Uh, a split second left turn that they need to look over their shoulder before they do. Well, you said a great thing about it a few years ago, Swiggs. You said the place reeks of competency. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't know what you're doing, because everyone around you can, like I said, ride in crazy ways and backup trailers and do things. You everyone rise has... to the occasion when it comes upon you to do something. Cause right. you're not going to pussy out, but also everyone around you has margin built into whatever they're doing, whatever move they're going to do. They've got some margin built into it. Now, Josh, when you showed up on the, uh, the ultra classic, which is, which is a bike I'm familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. that's a large vehicle yep. for mid Ohio. Now, uh, so this year we showed up with dad and he brought the um, Swig's old W650, which he had sold to dad. And then dad brought it there to sell, okay. which he did eventually sell it to, to Phil, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, which well, actually I'm going to take another quick detour from there. Um, I, I told Phil there were no problems with this bike. And then last week, Phil, because I'm going to give as good as I get, Phil Phil laid into me with some criticism over the weekend. Uh, Phil, you bought a bike 
having never ridden the bike, taking uh, word from me, who didn't own the bike at the time, and then complained that the carbs were out of sync, which is something you can do with a screwdriver. Um, maybe take some of your own advice into account here, right? You're going to buy a motorcycle on the word of someone else. The bike had no actual mechanical problems, just an adjustment problem. And you're going to say that you didn't buy the bike with no problems? I mean... And then you admitted that you did buy the bike still the right way. You got it at a decent price. Also, the last time I rode the bike, that bike was well sorted. Dad had to fuck with the carburetors before we took it there. Dad's usually really good with carburetors. I assumed he didn't fuck with them. Also, I disagree. I don't those think those carburetors are in the way that they are Californiaized. Swigs once tried to de-California those carburetors, and they were worse. Then we put them back, and then Dad decided to clean them, like, two days before we left, and I don't know how the fuck he adjusted them. The last time I rode the bike, it was correct. I assumed, because I have faith in my dad, that he fucking set them up correctly. I guess he didn't. I wouldn't Whatever, I wouldn't, it's shit I wouldn't, you can no. adjust with a fucking screwdriver. Whatever. I don't trust Dad to balance carburetors. Well, all. He <laughs> owns a fucking balancer. I don't know. It, the I don't point is, it doesn't matter. Phil, it, this is shit you can adjust in 20 fucking minutes. Uh, I don't know why you're arguing that, the, like, oh, I bought this bike, Pete said it was fine, but I've got to, like, balance the fucking carb. It's only two carburetors. Although we should, you're not we, balancing a CB750. You're gonna live, Phil. Although it's really dumb that Dad <laughs> didn't bring it, but we should mail him the manual. That's that's actually true. We should mail Phil the manual. He's probably got one anyway, but we should. You're right. We do own the manual. We should mail it to him. Anyway, uh, so 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 back to taking a fucking Harley Davidson to yeah. Mid Ohio. It's not a Harley. It's not a Harley aggressive event. But it's not a Harley-friendly event. As soon as you got there, you you were you were begging for a smaller bike. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is like I I kind of knew what I was in for. Like you know I had heard the description, so I knew like yeah this isn't the ideal bike to be riding around on, which is why I just parked my ass and walked. You know, got a lot of walking in to begin with, and the riding I did was mostly on you know whatever. Uh, Cave sections there were. I didn't do much off-roading on that bike. Um, you know, know what? I got a little bit of shit when I pulled up over, you know, by, you know, the camp, by you guys in the campground and everything. I got a little bit of heckling about having a big bike, a big Harley there and stuff. But everyone's like, no, no, it's cool. Like, I was like, well, I got to represent that. You know what? Like, I'm not going to do it while there's like 5 million dirt bikes zipping past me, but I will bring this thing down in you know, oh, there's no way. hate against a Harley <laughs> Davidson at this event. It's just sort of like, no. it's just sort of it's like, the, that's a lot of work to take around this event. Yeah, it stands out in a different way. I saw a few other people who showed up for like the day would park it, you know, usually over where they're doing the demo rides. They park along there, yeah. walk the swap meet, walk around the event and they head out. 
you know. The guys that park down there are sort of, I heard there is a motorcycle thing happening. Uh, I'm yep. going to see what this is all about. Oh, it's only $25 to get. All right, let's see what's happening. Oh, this isn't what I expected. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that was my first year. That was the bike I had that I could get out there on. So I was like, all right, you know what? Um, you know, it's what I got. I'm going to ride it out. Yeah. And, yeah. I still had a good time, no matter what. Like I said, I hung out in the oh, campground. No matter I, I what watched you, bike I you watched bring, you go do yeah. burnout. Yeah, I, you know. So I had fun, no matter what. Yeah, it was great. Did you camp that first year? No, no, no. I was in a hotel that first year. So like, okay, I, I hung around real late in the campground, and then when people were like, "Oh, I'm getting kind," of, you know, we might be going to bed soon or something. I like checked the time. I was like, "All right, I got like half an hour, forty five minute ride back up to the to the hotel." You so, know? so how far how far are you from Mid Ohio? I am, um, I am actually near Hershey, Pennsylvania. So okay, it's about, I mean, if you just do, you know, Google or Apple maps or something that says like six hours, more realistically, it's closer to seven or eight, just factor it in, you know, you don't have perfect traffic the whole way or, you know, right, yeah. got to stop for fuel, but you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, but it is kind of a boring ride, honestly, it, to go that way because it's just hopping on the PA Turnpike and just blasting straight ahead. And you go up through the mountains, but I've driven it so many times, there's nothing to see there anymore, you know, and you're just dealing with people who are trying to fly around you. Your you, speed limit's already, you know, 70, and people are trying to do 90, 100 the entire time. I will, I've not said a lot of nice things about Harley Davidson in the history of this show, but I will say this about the Ultra Classic. The Ultra Classic is a good bike for a straight line. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it adds that extra vibration and whatever, and it will make a straight line feel a little bit more epic. Well, I will say a lot oh, yeah. of the vibration is really at idle on that bike. And a lot of it does, I mean, it's, it doesn't go away completely. No, no, no. That bike smooths out from 3,500 RPM to 4,500 RPM. And outside of that RPM zone, it throws a fucking fit. Well, that's, <laughs> it, it, the first time when I first got that bike, I went for a test ride on it. And I hadn't been on one that big before, you know, in their lineup or anything. And uh, it was... Oh, wait. So, you know, I, I get on the thing and it starts up and my hands are just bouncing in front of me. I'm like, what? The? And I like I looked over at the guy, you know, going on the test ride with me, you know, the sales guy. And I was like, is this thing OK? He's like, yeah, that's normal. Don't worry about it. Like, it'll smooth out when we get it going. I was like, all right. Like, you know, and that was the thing. We start moving and it was like, fine. And then, like, we hit a red light and it's just like I'm sitting there just like shaking i looked like i was like a low rider or something you know like bouncing to the beat yeah I, I rode one of those through um well my dad's through like the painted desert and shit and mm. um the, i found there was a certain rpm range where i was like okay i can deal with this bike this is great but it was like a thousand rpm like zone that i needed yep. to stay in or it didn't make the right power or did, or the vibrations were fucking weird i will say they did have aftermarket exhausts on it that absolutely robbed that bike of all the top end power that's true the previous owner did a weird chip mod to it that 
that fucked it up too. But in general, I mean, it's like the big iconic Harley Cruiser, and you know, you rode it for like three weeks or something, Swigs, yeah. and you said, you know, if you want to be the captain of your own ship, it's you know, there is a certain romance to it, and I, and yeah. I see that. I, I'm I, I've definitely gotten more Goldwing in my sensibilities, especially the vintage Goldwings. I think they give you the same thing, but better and smoother. But whatever, it doesn't matter. It, the the point is, is that we're talking about Mid Ohio, and we're talking about showing up to Mid Ohio on a fucking big ass fuck off Harley, because the Ultra Classic is where I think fuck off Harleys start. Honestly, I would love to ride like a Triumph Rocket Three through the campgrounds. I don't think I would. I, I think that is a hairy ride. I think there's I, a lot of gravel. I think that's a lot of top end heavy weights. I, I mean, don't want to do that like, at all. I mean, if, if I could so, do it with no consequences, absolutely. See, oh, you mean on that's, someone else's Rocket Three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's the thing. That's how I am, right? Because it was like. I'm bringing out my bike. I got to ride this damn thing home, you know, come Sunday. Like, I got to be careful. Like, I can't, I can't put this thing down. I can't, you know, break this thing, you know. So it was like, even on Sunday when I decided to take it down into the campground, that was slow going. I'm just, you know, just feathering that clutch the entire time and just kind of like really watching, like ready to like kind of stick my feet out at any moment if that thing starts to tip the slightest bit you know i gotta kind of oh we're not timing this it's all if this is trials rules yeah all right now now now, let's keep this moving josh i'll do it now now josh now we have tried to explain to people even with the captain on this show what the kentucky corner burnout competition really is now, you've seen it a couple times, and you've seen me win it, and you've seen other people win it. Tell people, just, you know, again, like, we have a thing on the show. Of course, we're going to blow it up, and we're going to make it big. We want people to, you know, be impressed by the idea of this thing that we've done. But just, again, as someone who's been to mid-Ohio, and as a listener, I mean, is this not easily the world's greatest burnout competition Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, it was this like migration for me. So like that first, that first year I go over and like, I was there all by myself. So I don't know anyone except for like, I go, I listen to the group podcast and everyone's like, yeah, come over and say hi. So I go over, I say hi. And like, all of you guys were so welcoming, you know, like it was nice to finally be like, all right, at least there's some people here that I can kind of talk to or whatever, you know, it's like, I mean, I know you could just kind of go up and talk to anyone, but when you're just wandering the place all alone, you know, okay, you know, but I'm hanging out there and they're like, yeah, burnout's going on up here and it's dark and you go up and it's just, you just hear, you just hear the engines going like crazy. Oh, it sounds people. like jet aircraft taking off. Yeah. It is ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about like, 500 two strokes at wide open throttle for like six minutes at a time it's crazy yeah and you're you know and it's like if you want to get up close you got to push for it or you can just kind of hang back and on the outskirts and you can try to get you know i'm tall enough i can kind of stand back a little bit and you know i'm kind of like trying to feel it out i don't know you know i don't know exactly what's going on i'm just trying to watching this and you know 
and it's just yeah person after person rolls up and you know some of them are you know some people are like yeah fine i can do it by myself some people are like no nah, like people stand there pushing on the front of the bike to hold it in place for them you know but yeah it was just crazy and, and it's like you know you kind of realize like if you come up there you see this mass of people you realize all right i'm probably not getting through here if i want to keep moving so it's backtrack whatever way you came from whichever direction you know like, how many how now. many people would you say circle around that burnout competition me and the captain have different ideas i think it's somewhere in the range of 500 people he thinks it might be more like seven or eight hundred like what would you guess that you know what i that's a tough one because it was hard to tell who was there for the burnout who was there just trying to get by who was like happened to just be intense nearby you know, it's like, and people are just kind of in and out. It's this amorphous blob of humanity. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's 15 to 20 people deep all the yeah. way around the thing. I yeah. mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah. It's, I, it's big. I mean, I, again, like, uh, not this year, but the year before, I had to try to control this crowd of people, and it is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I had a harder time, th yeah, that year getting over because, like, the rain came, and that, that year I rode Sportster out. So oh, okay, the that's, that's was smarter. Not be good. Yeah, but the Sportster was not going to be good. That's still month. a big bike for middle. <laughs> uh -huh. Even when I was riding that round, I took that off-road a little bit more, and uh, plus I lost my, uh, I lost my uh, kickstand on the way down. Oh. I just fell off the bike. Yeah. <laughs> So, Wait, shit rattled off a Harley? That's not the Harley Davidson uh, I know. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I got on, a, yeah, I got on a 98 Sportster, 1200 Sport. No fairings, no windshield, no nothing, and rode the damn turn. That is one of the weird Harleys I would buy tomorrow uh -huh. at a good price, actually. Oh, that's, I will not give it up now. Yeah, that is a, that's a nice bike, actually. People get down on those. I think that's one of the best bikes they ever made. Yeah. It's the, the, the vibration can get rough though, because it's still frame mounted. It doesn't have the rubber mounts. Right. So yeah. I, certain RPMs, like my hands will go numb. So I either have to drop down a little bit or I have to speed up a little bit to get it out of that weird zone. That's a great <laughs> bike for about two hours and then take an hour break and then ride again. Yeah. 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 But I, yeah, I, I shot out there as, as hard as I could, had to ride through like, had to pull over at one point, throw on rain gear and stuff and keep going. And then like I was getting down close and see, I didn't know, like I had a friend coming out in an SUV this year. I, I convinced them they like, they've gone to like, you know, Burns, you know, but not in a motorcycle. Event. Right. So like, they're like, Oh, I've got camping gear and stuff. I'll, I'll come out there. I'll bring the camping gear. You can ride the bike out. I was like, all right, that works. We didn't know that you could get into the campground, you know, starting at like 5 PM on Thursday. We thought you had to show up Friday morning. So oh, we no. went to the Walmart. Yeah, no, so dude, we... You can get into the campground. You're not supposed to be able to get in any earlier than 6 a.m. on Thursday. But honestly, you just can. Uh, they say like, yeah, 5 p.m. or whatever for people who are. Um, if you're racing. So here's the trick with Mid-Ohio. You can, um, you know, Whenever it comes up next year, get a hold of us. We can get uh, a couple extra media passes, in which case you can show up as early as 6 a.m. on Thursday. 
which is well worth it. Yeah. Um, you can also get in uh, as early as 6 a.m. on Thursday if you are racing. Right. And I here's the other thing. If you are racing. racing, you can get in for cheaper than a regular pass. So you have to register with some sort of bike and just participate in some sort of race. doesn't matter if you only make it two corners and then crash, right? So racing, I think, costs like, like you know, $56 or something, and then you're in for the whole fucking weekend versus like the $90 for your just whole weekend pass or $70, whatever it is. So... So it's worth getting a camping pass. Like one person in your group gets a camping pass and then everyone else just signs up for a bullshit race. Yeah. Or you just, or you are just friends with in... someone who does a podcast that gets in for free. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the secrets. Or you hide in the bathroom of your caravan. That's true. Last, Not this year, but the year before we smuggled people in in the bathrooms of the RV. <laughs> that's that's true. We absolutely did that. Because uh, once you're in, you're in. No one's going to oh, check your shit once you're in. Yeah. It, yeah, that was what I figured out, too, there. But, yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, if you know someone who's camping up against the back line, you can just jump the fence, too. I, th that's I also like... an option. You're not going to get in with a bike because, I mean, good luck having people help you lift your bike over the fucking barbed wire fence. But... I feel like there should be a yearly competition of how many people can you smuggle in on a motorcycle. <laughs> Honestly, we had so many camping passes this year. We could have smuggled in, you know, quote, smuggled in like four people and all those people technically would have been paid for. Yeah. You guys had two of my, like, Yes, like, and we used passes. we yeah. <laughs> used your spaces and uh, Cleveland Moto and um, and motorcycles and misfits. Thank you for it. We were seven camping spots wide at yeah. twenty feet a camping space. That's, That's how big our FIBA camp was this year, and it was glorious. Yeah, yeah. Because when I when I couldn't use them, I there was a. Uh... The motorcycles and misfits, they, they, someone started a discord there. So I offered them up there and I, and so like one person took me up on a ticket because they had bought a camping pass, but didn't get any tickets somehow. No, the camping and spots come with two tickets. No, they had got, I think they got in like, somehow they had just gotten a camping spot. And I think it was like, maybe they did the early like AMA, like, uh, because it was early on, you could, you could first sales were to AMA members. You could buy them early at a discount. And then later on, Mid-Ohio was selling a combo pass. So early on, oh, I had bought right. I had bought two, I had bought like three tickets and one camping pass or something from AMA. And then I had a couple more people who said they were coming. I was like, well, we're going to need another camping spot. I was like, all right. And then I went to AMA. I was like, no, you can't buy them here anymore. You got to get the combo ticket. I was like, well, now I'm going to have one extra ticket anyways, because I was going to have four people, two spots and one extra ticket. And then mm. so I gave away one ticket. And then, like, that's why I shot everyone the message. All you guys the message. I was like, here, like they're so, already paid for. They're going to go to waste otherwise. And then Phil was like, here, just someone else like we'll use them. I was like, all right, cool. Like, now, I will oh, say in terms of the smuggling game, 
I do want to say, I do, I want to say everyone should buy a AMA ticket. Everyone should pay in. Yeah. I'm just saying you should smug yourself in with a valid ticket just the for ticket, love of the game. The ticket does pay. It, it doesn't just go to the coffers. The, the ticket does help support the AMA Hall of Fame, and it does support the registration system and the sanctioning system for AMA racing. So it doesn't help. It's not in your interest. If you can avoid paying too much because you have extra tickets and bullshit and whatever, 100%. You know, let the, 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 there were something like 70 or 60,000 people there. Yeah. I and, turned the wrong dial down, so everyone heard you warp in and out very quickly. <laughs> well, well, anyway, um, the point is, is that by all means, find a cheap, economical way to be there. But let's not fuck over the event. Yeah. That's, that's what I've said to people. I, like, I mean, I'm happy. Right, yeah. It's getting in early. Trying to get in as early as possible is one thing. But like pay to support it or it's not going to exist. Yeah. Like, Sneak yourself in to, to get it. in early on your ticket. 100%. But yeah. don't don't sneak in with no tickets. That's, right. that's not kosher. Yeah. Like that's this is... like so it was the previous year that was my mistake is I didn't realize how early like you know because I was like it's one of these things right like us as listeners we listen to you guys you guys interact with us all, all the all the all, all three of the podcasts right you guys interact with us and so there is that certain like fine line of like parasocial relationship going on right like it's like you know. You guys kind of know us a little bit, but we feel like, yeah, we really know you because we're listening to you week after week. So right, yeah. it's like making too being too, pres- I, I feel like being too presumptuous about saying, hey, can you get me in early? You know, especially if I'm not going to offer anything up, you know, like if I'm like, hey, you know what? You let me in early. I'll help you set up camp. I'll help you tear down, you know, or something, you know, to try and like contribute a little bit or like, hey, you know, what booze do you want me to bring or something, you know, like as a way to try and reciprocate, you know, a bit. So, like, I didn't want to make those kind of assumptions, and I didn't know you could get in Thursday at all. I thought my ticket said good Friday through Sunday, so that's what I thought it was. So, on the way down, yep, I lose a kickstand. We go to the Walmart, and we just, we slept in the Walmart parking lot at my friend's SUV. And then Friday morning, we had over, and I was like, oh, this is easy getting in. Everyone talks about the lines to get in, and, like, we rolled right up and went right in. But then it was like going down to the campground. Now we're scouting for a, a spot. So we were like over in the Kentucky corner. You, you guys are all set up over there. We were several rows down, um, almost on the other end before like the second to last row before it like ends and you got to start heading back down towards the drive. Um, like we called it Maple Lane because someone was selling like maple syrup there. <laughs> when we were there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's how we remember. We kept sitting, we were like, wait, which one are we in? Oh, yeah, there's the sign for the maple syrup, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I mean, you know, I mean, so it's, it, there, there's two extremes here on, you know, getting in and having your angle and all of that. Uh, but I would say, like, as long as you're actually paying for your ticket, you know, for AMA, you know, whatever you can do, whatever angle you can find, you have to remember this is also the world's biggest motor or at least the 
I think it's the world's biggest motorcycle swap meet. It's at least the Amer- America's biggest motorcycle swap meet. You've got to have your angle, and you, you're going to get in, and you're going to get your spot. Like you've got to, and once once you've paid to get in, you've got to leverage that to the fullest extent that you possibly can. Yep, one hundred percent. Okay, guys, we are we're, we're we're getting to close to an hour and a half now. We gotta. I could talk about Mid Ohio all day and longer. What we need to do is get into one of my favorite things about this show. Yeah, thank you. Okay, my mic is back on. Okay, <laughs> turn me down a little bit. Sorry, I had to go up and get in pee, which is why Swigs turned my mic off for a second. <laughs> I'm back. Now everyone can hear me. Okay, what we're going to do is one of my favorite things about this show. We're going to play Made Up Motorcycle. We haven't played this game for like coming up on a fucking year or some shit. Josh, I just have faith in you. you I, I will think do my best. I, I think you're enough of a motorcycle nerd. You're going to be able to do this. <laughs> now, normally when we play this game, we have agreed ahead of time on the categories that we're going to do. But you know what? It's an improvisation game. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, again, a lot of listeners don't know what this game is. We're going to pick a category. Okay? And we're going to go in a circle... And in that category, we're going to suggest names, and who, someone will suggest the name. It's up to the other two players to make up what that motorcycle will be. If you guys don't have any objections, I suggest Tiki Drinks. Okay, I don't know my tiki drinks, so I'm going to be hard-pressed to come up you with You can a Google name. a list of right. tiki drinks on your phone. Okay, as long as you don't mind me cheating. All right. <laughs> well, it's not cheating to look up the name. All right. right. Who wants to go first? Well, I feel like we need to have a neutral round first. because a I neutral feel, round? Okay. Well, just because I think the first obvious drink is going to be the painkiller. Okay. Which is also the most mid-Ohio, I feel. All right, all right. So so it's up to us. What kind of motorcycle is the painkiller? Yeah, this is a round for everybody. Well, this is a free round. Everyone all can contribute. All three of us can contribute. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my. The painkiller. <laughs> um, so uh, immediately what springs to my mind, like this is how good a, I already know what this motorcycle is, Okay. So this is a motorcycle ambulance. And so it will show up at the scene of an accident with a huge, like, inflatable tent on the back of it that is filled with medical supplies and even spot for a stretcher. So you pull up. And now the name of the bike isn't going to be the painkiller. It's going to be like, you know, the Honda DN01... uh, P, 
which will stand for paramedic, right? So a paramedic shows up on a Honda DN01 because it's an automatic transmission that they can ride. And then they put someone on the back of it, but the motorcycle has like an inflatable tent on the back of it. And it's, and it's, is, it is filled to the brim with painkillers, right? Like emergency medical shit. This is everything I was thinking of. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, is... Right. Now, now again, it's the DN one P. Now, the only paramedics the... will refer to it as the painkiller. That will be its nickname. Now, it's a motorcycle that has morphine on it that they can inject people with. What do you guys think? Oh, the only thing I was going to add to it is that. See, Josh, you thought we talk about this shit. We just do this shit in real time. Oh now, no! I know you do. I, do, I know now, you do. The only the only thing I would add to this bike is that to add to both its potential uh, EMS potential and its mid Ohio potential is that this bike has a compressor and you know to run a refrigeration unit. Oh, to keep the meds cooled. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that. I like that. This is smart. It can keep both. Your cocktail's cold, and your medication cold. You got anything to add, Josh? Come on. Oh, but see, I when I hear painkiller, like my mind goes the exact opposite direction. Oh, this is good. I'm this thinking, is good. This is like a hard-tailed, like chopper, right? So it's all the pain, all the pain going over the bumps at Mid Ohio, and you've got no front brake. So I like you it. know it's either pain or kill, right? It, it's one of these, and so well, no, the whole the, no, the, just o- like... the other ang- the other angle of king of painkiller is that it kills you, and there's no more pain left to feel. Right, like, that's what I mean. <laughs> like it's a progression. It's like it's you, you've got a, a few ways you can go about it. You know, maybe it's got like nice, um, like uh, spiky uh, hand grips on there so you're not sure how much you want to actually try and hold on to the damn thing which just makes the handling even sketchier just leading to the pain and potential killing and if you kill the pain oh, you don't have to worry anymore see i my mind just went okay. completely opposite of being helpful no that's completely <laughs> valid there there are no wrong answers uh, <laughs> there's no wrong answers in in made up motorcycles oh, i've heard you guys play this game yeah all right <laughs> All right, Swigs, do you want to you want to you want to challenge me and Josh to a name? Yeah. Uh, By the way, everyone gets one point for that round. All right, here here's one for you. Uh, um, so the name of this is the uh, the Navy Grog, but I'm just going to go with the Grog. Oh, what's okay. the Grog? So this is a little bit of a cheat. Uh, we, we've kind of come up on this before, but this is a motorcycle. It's called the Grog because it's a 750 single cylinder that is such low compression. You can run it off of virtually any fuel. It's like a, it's like a Royal Enfield bullet 500. It'll run off of monkey piss right? Uh, You can put in the worst fucking fuel imaginable, but it's a gigantic 750 single at like 5.3 to 1 compression that makes like 
nine horsepower. <laughs> yeah. And and people it'll be I think it's gonna be popular in Russia where people routinely use it as farm equipment. Yeah. Well also it's got spark plugs in it that run at like four times the voltage that a normal spark plug would run. Yeah, it's run. not a six-volt system. It's a four-volt system. <laughs> yeah. but, but also, it's presumed that the battery is being run as a total loss system, and you're expected to recharge the battery at home. You're not expecting to run this perpetually off of the stator. You know, Russia's the wrong place, actually. This needs to be popular... Because it's the grog, right? It, this needs to be popular in like weird Polynesian islands, where, uh, 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 uh like places like Papua New Guinea, where, like the last places on the wor- in the world where getting f- like consistent fuel quality still isn't very good, and that really ties into the navy theme of the grog and everything. I think this is a, this is used as farm equipment in Papua New Guinea, not Russia. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. See, I, I think you just opened this right back up to amphibious vehicles, though. You know, yeah, we did. The Navy grog. Yeah, thank you, Josh. You know, thank you. This is why we brought you. I, I I think this is actually like a modern like like the Navy adopted it, right? And so they just call it the grog. But it's actually like a tiny, like little, like electric motorcycle that's good on aircraft carriers. Whoa! That, that they can like <laughs> scoot around on there, right? And, oh shit! Right, but then it's like, like so a lime scooter, part. but on an aircraft carrier. Right, but see, then we just take the whole idea of having the inflatable like raft portion of it. That you know, like maybe it has like a little electric propeller in the back, and you just like. If you need to go, like to shore or whatever, you can just. You know what this is? I've got. I've got. If a man goes overboard, you just launch one of these out to it. Yeah, they can ride it back in. Or you know what? Otherwise, on shore leave, if you want to stop somewhere that like the the carrier isn't refueling or picking up food, it's just purely for shore leave, and they got to ferry like troops out. This is like the military, the navy military police vehicle. <laughs> to get back I, and forth. I love the idea that if someone goes overboard, you just fucking launch one of these things into the water and they ride it back to the ship. <laughs> well, this may actually be good application because like it takes like a long time to actually launch a rescue vessel. Yeah. And yeah. realistically, like yeah, a man overboard's a big fucking deal. <laughs> I think I think even in the Navy where they've really got this down, like if somebody goes over the over the side of a carrier, it's something like a thirty percent survival rate. Yeah. But if you have a vessel that like some guy can just be like sitting and chilling, and it's like this is gonna take eight seconds to launch. <laughs> I think like, you yeah. launch That's it inside kind of... a fucking beach ball, and it just explodes on impact with the waves, <laughs> and we just <laughs> grab it and ride it back. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's like an emergency inflatable thing just goes poof. And it it's not a hydrofoil and... like the wet bike, though. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just floating, and then... No, this thing has, like, a it wheel... It needs to be something that... I, I like Josh's thing, though, where it's like, it's like a lime scooter, 
that you could ride around on the decks, right? Like all the dudes, like, you know, when you're watching like fucking Top Gun, the guys are like the fucking like lights and shit and everything. They're riding it around, but it has a paddle wheel, which is a little bumpy when you're riding it on deck, but the paddle wheel is there. So if a dude needs to just fucking lay on it, like it's a surfboard and ride it back to the fucking boat, they can just launch it off the side out of some fucking like big slingshot or some shit for a man overboard. (laughs) This is beautiful. No, what it is. Thank you, Josh. This is way, (laughs) way better than my idea. I've, I've got even better. It's, it's a disposable paddle wheel. So you launch, you launch off the boat. It can go around and it's got, you know, it's got pretty soft torque in the water to go around. But then if you go up onto land, it just tears off and destroys itself. And it's just like an ADV. Okay. Okay. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. So it's Josh's idea of this, this bike that you ride around on the deck of an aircraft carrier. It has a paddle wheel so you can launch it to a man overboard. But it's really called the Navy Grog because as a Navy initiation, some like new sailors have to sit there. And as the back wheel spins, someone pours booze on the back wheel and the paddle wheel launches booze to the back of their fucking throat. (laughs) And they have to drink Grog off of the back wheel. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. Done. Done. All right. Uh, Josh, you want to go next? All right. So, oh, let's see. I see a couple of good ones here. Uh, let's go with Cobra's Fang. The Cobra's Fang. Wow, I don't know this drink. Can you tell me what alcohols are in it? That might help me. All right. Let's see here. It says... Uh, it's just a big long list of names. Uh, rum, passion fruit, orange. There's some of them. Okay, so this is a rum drink. All right, that, that's enough yeah. to get me started. The Cobra's Fang, it's a rum drink. I'm a little embarrassed I don't know this drink, but that's fine. Cobra's rum, Fang. Rum, citrus, syrups, dashes of bitter... Absinthe. <laughs> like, oh, absinthe. Okay, that helps yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, so this is absinthe. Um, absinthe isn't quite as exotic as people might think it is, but that that th- this helps me. Okay. So, Swigs, I'm thinking... This feels a bit more Atlantic. It feels Atlantic, but like... Cope. So we're thinking Atlantic. Um, we got Atlantic thinking, or Medi- Mediterranean. We got to be thinking South Atlantic though, because Cobra India, right? Well, India is not Atlantic in the slightest, but but absinthe is. Sorry, sorry, Indian Ocean. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's I, not... for a set. I've been drinking. I hope all the listeners are sitting down. I've been drinking. I, I, I for somehow in my head, I confuse India with Africa for a second. <laughs> um, okay, so we're thinking, okay, so I'm thinking South Indian Ocean, Cobras, Rum, though. Mm. Okay, so 
as a motorcycle. So we're thinking, so again, India, Cobras, we've got to go with a four-stroke 175, right? At least a 150 to 175 four-stroke single underbone motorcycle. You know what this is? Okay. This is 100% a police bike. Yes! Oh, <laughs> thank you. Here's what this is. This is a police bike, and it's it's about... This is, this is, the, this is the South Indian chips, right? So like right, 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 right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, with a full-on fucking, like, fairing. I'll tell you right? what this is. I've, I, I figured with the, this out. With I, a radio box on the back, but it's a 150 single. I've, I, I know exactly what this is. Okay. <laughs> This is this is a 110 130 you know 130cc four stroke bike. It's Why 130? Why not the full 150 or 170? It, it may be 150, just whatever the It's got to be hot. It's called the Cobra Fang. Let's go 170. Okay, 170. So it it's... says 175 on the side, but it's actually a 170. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of like mid high performance for India. Top speed 71 miles an hour. It doesn't need to be that fast, no, because oh. no, it's going to be slower because Whoa. it's going to have some equipment on it. And okay. here's what it here's what it is, and this is what's going to make it the Cobra, which is this bike is going to have a whole apparatus on it to ha- to hold a man catcher. Whoa! <laughs> this is the bike that chases somebody down the street, or just like comes alongside. You're talking about the three prong thing with like the half moon shapes on them that like yeah. you put it around a dude, and then he can't get out. Yeah, and then it like and then it cl- collapses around him, and like it can detach from the rod, and it's got a rope on it, and it can pull him down. This is gonna like grab people off of other scooters. Yeah. And grab them and On pull them off their at bikes. Speed, of course. Yes. So, yeah, this like, is the cope. Yeah, like here we go. Like you would attach a surfboard to a Lambretta, this has a big man catcher on the side. <laughs> yes. And, and, yeah, right. so, so, yeah, 150 single, high compression, tuned to like, you know, 60 something miles an hour, has a man catcher police bike. I love it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Beautiful swigs. That is. Oh, <laughs> I feel really disappointed by my choice now. I'm just going to give you classic tiki drink, the zombie. <sighs> what, mm. what do you guys got? The zombie. Mm. Now, I thought Cobra Fang might have crashed and burned as too difficult a name. So you got to do something with zombie here. Oh, so maybe like, like a nice, like low torque or like you know high torque, just like low horsepower diesel bike. You know, it just kind of puts along, just keeps going and going. Hmm. Um, <laughs> maybe something more towards my idea of the seven fifty low compression single. Yeah. It'll just combust <laughs> anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just keeps running forever. It doesn't matter what you put in there. Um, you know, I'm thinking like. But what's also, the cultural like, context of it? Who hmm. rides it? All right. Uh, 
This is a little bit of a harder one. Hmm. Um, I just thought of a really good one. If you guys don't come up with anything in 30 seconds, I've got a good one. I mean, I'm... This is always a crutch, but I'm kind of leaning towards some sort of, like, diesel, flex fuel kind of... Oh, what if this is, like, a beach? Oh, like, this, this could be, like, along the coast of Africa or something, just, like... Oh, I mean, okay, no, that sounds really bad. <laughs> you say that. But, wait, was it in, um, the actual zombie, like, tradition is, like, more... That's not a, African, that's Haitian. No, is it Asian? Okay. No, Haitian. Haitian. Haitian, all right. What if it's, like, but are they, like, beachy? Because I'm thinking, like, putts along the beach. Like, you just, like, oh, yeah, like, you just want to, like, go for a, like, cool little beach ride and it's like you're drinking your own drink and you're like oh i'm getting low back there you know you've got your beach drink you're getting you just dump real some of it back close in there. to my idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like it's kind of just like a little like fun cruiser like a beach cruiser like you're going you're in a town where it's like oh yeah like you're okay acting so, like a so zombie you're living like a zombie you're drinking zombies, you're getting you're close in the bike. <laughs> you're getting close how about let, let me lead you guys a little closer to the water here so i love your idea of the beach cruiser thing and that's where i was going i think the zombie so uh in march i'm taking my kids to hawaii and i'm looking desperately for some rental scooters in honolulu and they kind of don't exist. It's a rough thing, right? Right. I'm thinking the zombie is not so much a scooter as a GY6 scooter kit that is unfucking killable, right? Because a zombie, you can't kill a zombie, right? Right. Yep. The whole idea is that you take a GY6 that might do 60 miles an hour, and it's actually rather than like a big bore high performance kit it is a detune kit oh, for a gy6 yes. scooter yes for rentals in like the bahamas and shit right <laughs> so it's like we're gonna take a scooter that could do 60 and now its top speed is 36 we're gonna take a 150 gy6 and limit it to 50 cc speeds so instead yeah, right? instead of instead of taking like a reasonable vehicle for a particular environment and putting a throttle lock on it to like restrict it right. to what people would normally would safe for unskilled people to do. You're going to build a for purpose tourist vehicle uh-huh. where the sweet spot in the throttle for right, the... is 34 miles an hour. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> so yeah. it's a whiskey throttle. The right? zombie is really a low like, oh, wow. compression piston. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that way when you're drunk off your ass and you're like, oh, I want to go fast. You just twist it and you hold it. Like, yeah, you can't really. There's no more power. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and Look, this I'm is this, now. and this is the vehicle that if you do bring your own Allen keys, you cannot undo the throttle lock. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> because there is nothing left for that motor to give. Yeah. Oh, All right. there we go. All right, guys, this has been a very successful round of made up motorcycle. 
Do we dare for a second round? Uh, I, I, so I feel like George Costanza going out on top. I, <laughs> <my first> time. <laughs> we we very quickly need to go pay for it, but we have not paid for the premium Zencaster just yet. So we have twelve minutes left. Okay, we have twelve minutes left. Um, what can we do in twelve minutes, guys? Before we have to 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 pay for the next episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, how about this? Um, so so Josh, I, let's take a, a, a few couple minutes to do a little bit more of uh, Mid Ohio talk here. Let's let's All take right. five minutes here now. <sighs> You were there that first year. Um, well, I'll throw it out here. Did did you by chance see me take the Vespa up the hill climb? I did not. I okay, was not around it's all right. For that. No. All right, that, uh, I, this is a long shot. There, there's some people. I couldn't that did. get to that stuff. Yeah, like that was the, the next episode is going to clear bike. that up. But I just yeah. thought by uh, by chance I'd throw it out there. Now, but you did see me win the burnout contest. I did. Which is one of the few things that uh, motorcycles and misfits have ever credited me with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> They've downplayed some of my other accomplishments. But so, so in this area, you know, like I, I'm in Harley country because like we have the York Harley plant, right? I went to York college. York's an hour and a half from where I live now currently. And so a lot of people around here are all big Harley people. And I was out on a like a small group ride with some people. I was telling them about Mid Ohio, and you know, because they're talking about, oh, I go to these rallies and stuff. And I'm like, no, but you got to see this. Like, it's crazy. Like the camping and everything, and people are just riding everywhere. And I was like, yeah, like someone did a naked burnout, right? And I had like I had recorded like a little video. I could get a real great shot of, of you doing it. Like it was just so packed. But I don't worry. The AMA video. itself got plenty oh, of good shots. So. So it's one of these things. I pull it out. I'm like, yeah, like this, right? And of course, the guy just looks at it. He goes, oh, I didn't know it was a dude. I was, just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, so this event is not for you. Like, never mind. I'm not going to tell you about this yeah. ever again. <laughs> well, actually, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go any further, actually, we need to ask you the questions. Hold on. It, yeah. Sorry, it's been a while since we've had a new guest. We we have a standard se- uh, section of questions. Everyone needs to be known. Okay, what is your current lineup of bikes? All right, I have a 2019 Street Glide. Nice. I have a 1998 Sportster, and I have a 2002 uh, ZX6R. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Are you a different person? when you put on your helmets? I don't think so. Um, of course, I am in a helmet optional state, and I have ridden both ways. Um, I have gotten back, like, when I first started, I wore a full face all the time. Then I got around to, like, not wearing a helmet on, like, most of the time. Sometimes just wearing a skull cap if I was going into, like, Maryland, where there is a helmet law. Um, but I've gone back to wearing a full face all the time. Uh, but I don't really act any differently. Part of my restriction there is that I also drive truck for a living. So I cannot risk being like an asshole on the road um, or I will lose my job. 
Okay, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Everyone's got a different answer. It's it's it, that's the that's the thing I love about this question. Well, actually, I have a I have a little bit of a follow up question, which is, how many miles will you do on the highway without a helmet versus with a helmet? <laughs> so when I uh, so when I rode the Ultra Classic out, I uh, started in Pennsylvania without a helmet, rode uh, to West Virginia at the uh, like the uh, rest stop just before West Virginia stopped, put on my uh, skull cap. Or no, did I have a full face at that point? I, I forget which one, but I, I threw a helmet on, rode through West Virginia, immediately pulled off, took the helmet back off, and rode the rest of the way uh, to mid-Ohio without a helmet. Oh, really? So you did like 600 miles mo- yeah. without any kind of like... No helmet, hel- no, yeah, nothing... Um, no earplugs, no nothing, just had my stereo cranked, <laughs> playing, like, stuff off my phone. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, now, the Misfits like to ask people what's their up-the-butt bike. I, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, um, are you satisfied with the bikes you have, or do you want to swap something out? Oh. So I have had my fun on the, the ZX6R, and I now do understand because I always want to try a sport bike. So I'm willing the to give ZX6R that up now. might be the best sport bike. That's mm. it. It the 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 weird thing is is because I've run into that issue of like right I don't have easy access to like go do track days or anything. So riding it on the street in my town, I I have found that like I have to go out like early on like a Sunday morning before anyone's up to get any kind of enjoyment out of it. Riding at any other time where I get caught up in traffic is just pointless. <laughs> um, the street glide is in the shop right now. Cause that's the one I crashed on. Okay. So <laughs> waiting for that. Um, like there's this, always this part of me that always wants to try something new. So it's always real mixed feelings. I don't want to mm. give up my Sportster just because, like, are you open? getting a hold of that again. Yeah. Are you open to the idea of a scooter? So I have real mixed feelings on scooters. When I look at them aesthetically, I am, like, on most of them. Um, like, the buddies and stuff like that. They do not – I see people riding them. I've seen the photos of them. Some of the older, like, vintage stuff, mm-hmm. I'm okay with. Like, if it has a big, fat ass on it, you know, like – I mean, All right. Well, you know, the one you were on, the one that like Bagel had when I was there, you know that style. I'm much. Oh, more Bagel had a uh, GT300. That was a yeah. That was a big fat ass scooter. Was yeah. that a yeah. GT300? Or was it was that an old 250? No, it was a, it was a 300. Okay, so uh, like well, the first year I went. Well, here, here's yeah, a question yeah. for you. So um, yeah, you saw the the Lambretta that I brought, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, here here's yeah. some questions for you. What, how close is your locus loc, your closest grocery store? Oh, I mean, within a mile. Okay. And your closest liquor store? Uh, about the same. Oh, mile, you're in miles. prime scooter territory. Already. Yeah. 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 Uh, I get you're the you're a big candidate for a scooter. the arguments for. I do. <laughs> I, I, do you I have say... $900 of disposable income that you could put towards... Another Not vehicle. with my medical bills right now, no. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. 
All or right. the payments for the street glide, because that was unexpected. How many more That's minutes do we have on the uh, the Zencaster before we got to make our registered account now, Swigs? Uh, four minutes. Four minutes. All right. We got well, four minutes left, Josh. Well, I can come back if you want me to come back for the next one. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. We've just got about, let's just give it two more minutes to end this episode. And then we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we can, we can do whatever after yeah. that. So we got to, like, bring this to a close. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I can tell you um, the street light story though and everything. Oh, absolutely. We we yeah. want to hear that. Absolutely. So for for the moment though, we got to bring this to a close. So yep. in in closing here, we we like I said, we got a couple minutes. I don't want to just say like let's just kill it and then abruptly end anything. Tell me this. I I like to ask people this. What what in in 90 seconds can you give me your most transformative moment on a bike like in 10 seconds i can tell you i had a moment where i was on a real hairy turn and i finally understood what really looking inside meant and i thought i was going to hit some guardrail but for some reason, I just finally turned my fucking head and I looked inside and realized, oh, every motorcycle can turn like a MotoGP sport bike. And I went from I'm going to die to, oh, I can ride confidently. Is there a, a, a transformative moment on a motorcycle you can give me in 90 seconds? Um, so that is that's an incredibly hard one for me to pin down. Um, it's okay if you all, can't. We've got the next episode yeah, to pick this up. Yeah. All in all, like what I can say is, and maybe it's kind of the birth of it all, is that I can, I don't have good, like I don't have a great memory, but I do remember my father putting me in front of him on his motorcycle when I was a kid, and like riding me down the road in that. It's like you sat on the gas tank. Yep, kind of. He just stuck me up in front of him on the seat. We didn't go far, you know. It was like just down. We lived in the country, down the road and back, um, you know. But it was like, you know, that's the first time I remember ever being on a bike. Uh, Dude, that fucking counts parents, right there. You don't have to yeah, say anymore. Yeah, that fucking so, counts. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably it. Yeah. That that one hundred percent counts. Okay. Let's let's run the outro here. Oh shit! There's beer on the fucking phone screen. Holy shit! Yeah, isn't that isn't that completely Nokomoto? Hold on. We have a minute and fifteen seconds left. We have a minute and fifteen seconds. Holy shit! Come on, fucking. Holy shit! Oh my god, my phone doesn't want me to do this. How many seconds we got left, Swigs? We got a minute. One minute. All right, we're gonna make it happen. I'm sorry, all the listeners. This is so unfucking professional. I mean, that's kind of how we do shit here, right? It really is. I I decided to stop editing this. Here we go. All right, everybody, ready? And I don't wanna die. Just wanna ride on my motorcycle. Uh huh. Cold. 